All right. Well, the, the message I want to preach today on New Year's Eve is I'm calling it the powerful prayer of Jabez. The powerful prayer of Jabez. Now, I've never preached on a Sunday morning on the prayer of Jabez before. About a year and a half ago, on a Wednesday night, I did a lesson on prayer, on the prayer of Jabez, and I thought, you know what, i got to really preach this on Sunday. I, I was so encouraged by these two or three little verses in the book of Chronicles that I said, you know what, uh, we really need to go over this on a Sunday. And I thought, what better Sunday to do it than the Sunday as we're getting ready to enter into a new year. So, like I said, th this is only uh, really uh, two verses, and the prayer is actually only in one verse. So I want to, before we break, down, break it down, I just want to read it to you. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what? He requested. All right. <laughs> so what's going on here? Well, the first nine chapters of the book of First Chronicles is all genealogies. In fact, it's probably one of the most difficult sections of the Bible to read. To me, it's probably the second most difficult section of the Bible to read after reading all of the territories of inheritance the several chapters in Joshua, where you have to read about hundreds, if not thousands, of cities. <laughs> well, here, you got to read a bunch of names, and most of us can't pronounce half the names, so what do we do? We kind of skip over the first nine chapters, and we say, let's get to the good stuff. Let's move to 1 Chronicles chapter 10 and read about King Saul, and ultimately it gets real quickly into the story of King David. But if we do that, we miss some of the really little precious gems that are scattered in the middle of these nine chapters of genealogies. And maybe the most powerful little gem is this little aside that God devotes to a man by the name of Jabez, a, a name in Hebrew that simply means pain, a man called pain. It was an event that was deemed so important to God that instead of just listing who begat who, he says, you know what, I'm going to give a little summary of this guy. I'm not going to even tell you, you know, when he lived or even who begot him, but I'm going to tell you in the middle of this genealogy of the tribe of Judah, I'm going to give you a little bit of sight about this man who was full of pain, but who called out to me in prayer. Now, like I said, the first thing we, we recognize as we're looking at 1 Chronicles 4 is that Jabez belonged to the tribe of Judah. And, um, you know, if, uh, the, the tribe of Judah, it's the first genealogy that's listed in the book of Chronicles, even though Judah was the fourth son, uh, ultimately because Herod lo uh, Reuben lost his position as the firstborn because he slept with his, uh, well, stepmother, not stepmother, his, I don't, I don't know what you call it, actually. 
one of his dad's wives. <laughs> um, you know, he lost his inheritance, and then, you know, uh, Reuben and Simeon, because they slayed all of the Shechemites, they lost an inheritance. So Judah actually uh, became the one who was the greatest inheritor, and uh, he also is the one through whom the Christ child will come, Jesus Christ. And so he's listed first in, in the book of Chronicles. And he has the longest genealogy there. And, 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 and I counted up the names in, in, in the book there of, of just the genealogy of Judah. And it seems like there's about 100 people, around 100 people that are named in this genealogy uh, just in the tribe of Judah. And what's interesting is that besides Jabez, all of the 99 other guys who are mentioned in this genealogy all are described as having fathers, right? We're, we're told who the father was that begot them, except for Jabez. We don't know who Jabez's father was. All we're told is that he had brothers, and that he had a mother, and that his mother called him pain. But the absence of the mention of Jabez's father in this genealogy seems significant. In fact, usually in the Bible, it is the father who names the child, but in this case, it is the mother who names him, right? So let's read verse 9 again. It says this, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez pain, saying, Because I bore him in pain. You know, um, what kind of pain did his mother have? Was it physical pain? <laughs> Probably, right? Moms here know the physical pain of birth. Was it emotional pain? Maybe. Like I said, we're not told there was a father. Uh, it's possible Jabez's father was not around at the birth or even growing up. Whatever the case, Jabez's entrance into the world was a traumatic entrance for his mother. And the trauma she experienced, whether it was physical trauma, whether it was emotional trauma, whether it was spiritual trauma, she projected that onto her little baby child, and she called his name pain, right? So he, forever growing up, would be a monument of pain, of grief, of sorrow. Every time they called his name, all he heard them say was pain, right? Pain, go fetch me some water. Pain, go feed the horses. Pain, go clean up your room, right? Pain, 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 pain. This man would have constantly had a psyche that he was a man that was filled with pain and that brought pain. It was projected onto him. You know, when somebody else's trauma is projected onto you and it's constantly spoken over you, it's very likely that the other person's trauma will become part of your own life. You know that? Why? Because words are powerful, okay? That's why the Bible says the most difficult thing to tame, you know what it is? It's your tongue, right? That's what the book of James says. According to flesh, no one can tame the tongue. Because, and that's why James also says that we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Because when we demean others or we speak down to others, it can truly have a deep abiding effect on their psyche. Even if we think we're just kidding around, sometimes, you know, kidding around can cut deep too. That's why when you get mad with your kid or with your spouse or when you want to speak back to someone, you know what you need to do first? You need to be slow to speak. You need to get in a room. 
You need to get on your knees. You need to bring the issue to the Father. And then, um, you know, you need to have wisdom on how to deal with it. You need to have grace on how to deal with it. And, uh, and then you need to deal with it. But when we react and we don't do that, what happens? We project our pain. We project our brokenness. We project our trauma onto others. And that's what happened to Jabez. Here is this child who's born with all sorts of pain in her mother, whether it's physical or emotional pain. She project, projects that onto Jabez and calls him pain. You know, maybe you're here today and, and you feel like that's the story of you growing up, right? That you've led a life that is based on the projection of the pain of others. You've been labeled in the past in a way that is detrimental. Maybe by your parent, maybe by your sibling, maybe by your spouse, maybe by someone at your school or work or friend or someone in your neighborhood. But the fact of the matter is, is that you've been labeled in that you began to believe that label, right? You've been spoken down to. You've been demeaned. Hurtful words and words of curse have been spoken over you. What was pain originally part of? It was part of the, the curse that God brought, right? In Genesis 3, pain in childbirth and pain in labor. Or on the other hand, maybe you have, have not just received uh, that labeling, but you've also projected your own brokenness on others, right? We've hurt others with our words. Has anyone ever done that before? I know I have. Well, this story of Jabez shows us that the power of prayer in crying out to the God of Israel, our Father God, can change our identity, can change our perspective, can change our destiny, and we can go from being a man who's full of pain to a man who's full of the big-time blessing of God. And that no matter where we find ourselves in life, whether we're full of pain or not, God's almighty big-time blessing is available to those who call out to Him in faith. So we always are in a position, because of how good our God is, to move from a life of curse and pain to a life of big-time blessing. Amen. You know, the fact that He is called pain, the fact that He is no-named father, in many ways is just the situation of every person born in the world. We all enter this world through pain, and in some way we experience pain. Genesis 3.16, God says this after Adam and Eve had sinned. He says this, he says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your, in, and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. A few verses later we're told that Eve is the mother of all living. What does that mean? It means... Eve is, isn't just, uh, not just all of her children are born in pain, but every person who has ever lived has been born in pain. In some sense, each and every person is Jabez. We are pain. Has anyone, you know, um, here experienced pain? Every single one of us should have our hands up, right? Because at some level we experience pain. I tell you what, I can tell you that because I have never seen a baby that doesn't cry at some point, right? Wham, I'm in pain, I'm hungry, give me food, mommy, right? Wham, I'm uncomfortable, I need my diaper changed. Wham, my teeth are cutting through my gums and they're bleeding, give me something to chew on. I'm in pain, right? We all have growing pains in life. And some go through more pain than others, right? And don't get the attention that they should get. So there's even more pain. There's emotional pain attached to that. 
And at, at some level, too, while we all may have an earthly father, you know, not all of us experience the earthly father, but there's, I think, a, a desire on everyone's heart for an even a deeper experience of a heavenly father, for an adoption into the family of God, that we desire what Jesus calls a second birth, that there must be some sort of glory, some sort of blessing, some sort of life better than this pain-filled life, than this trauma-filled life, than this life that is filled with sorrow and grief, and that we instinctively desire that sort of life, right? A life free from the sin that we experience, free from the pain we experience, the trauma. We desire a blessed life. Some of us desire it more than others. Now, some of us might begin to love our sin and our desires and, and love darkness instead of light, as Jesus says, but ultimately, you know, there's that desire to be free from that. And so what does Jabez do in his own situation? Well, he cries out to God. Let's read verse 10. And Jabez called, or other translations say, he cried out on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And make this point. Cry out to the God of Israel. Cry out to the God of Israel. You know, the first thing we are told about this pain-filled, fatherless man is that he simply cried out to the God of Israel. You know, prayer is not directed to a nebulous God, right? Prayer is not directed to a nebulous life force, not the New Age life force out there that's going to give you life and joy. Just follow these ten spiritual principles and you will be blessed. No, the first step to being truly blessed is to know who God is. He is indeed the God of Israel, right? He's not some nebulous God, some nebulous spiritual force. No, he is a true and living God, a personal and specific supernatural being. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? And the, he's the only living and true God, the only God who hears and answers our prayers. And that is who Jabez cries out to. He cries out to the God of Israel. You know, it's interesting that Israel is the name that Jabez points out. He doesn't say Abraham. He doesn't say Isaac. And he doesn't even say Israel's first name, Jacob. Rather, he calls him by the name that God named Jacob. He calls him by the name of Israel. Why? Well, because Israel is the name that God gave Jacob after Jacob wrestled with him all night in prayer and blessed him in a big-time way. This is what uh, Jacob said in his wrestling match with God. Remember, Jacob is coming back from a life filled with pain. He's on the run from Laban, okay, who's really mad that he's leaving him. And he's going towards his brother Esau, who he thinks might want to kill him. So he's in, a, he's in a position in life that is filled with trauma, that's filled with anxiety, that's filled with pain, and he meets God in the middle of the night, and he wrestles with God, and this is what he says. He says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Verse 27. So he, God, said to him, Jacob, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Jacob means supplanter. You will no longer be called supplanter, but you will call, be called Israel, which means prince of God. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. 
Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he, God, blessed him there. So through this struggle, Jacob was transformed. His future was given, uh, you know, a newness. He, he received a new identity and a blessed future, a new name and an assurance of blessing. He went, he went from being the supplanter to being the prince of God. He persevered in prayer until God blessed him. And his life was forever changed at that moment, right? From that point on, he would be reconciled with his brother Esau. He would live in the promised land. He would ultimately father his 12 sons who would become great leaders in the nation that would turn the world upside down. So Jacob didn't call, or Jabez, he didn't call on the God of Jacob. Rather, he called on the God of Israel. God, just as you change Jacob's name, you can change my name, right? He knew that God changed people in the midst of their prayer. He knew that God changed identity in the midst of their prayer. He knew that God answered people in the midst of their prayer. And he knew that God poured out his blessing on Jacob after his prayer. And so what does Jabez do? He comes boldly to the throne of grace. He comes in faith. He comes in expectation. He's described as honorable. And because he comes to the God of Israel, he makes a big prayer. For the one true God of Israel is the God who can do big things for those who come to him in faith. All things are possible to the one who believes, Jesus says. So what does he say? The first thing he says in his prayer is this, something similar to Jacob. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The NASB and NET simply say, oh, that you would greatly bless me. The literal standard version says, blessing, you bless me. In fact, the if you just translate this verse literally, Jacob just uses the word bless twice. He, he literally says, Lord, that you would bless, bless me. Bless, bless me. <laughs> and whenever a word in Hebrew is used twice, it's just intensifying something. It'd be like saying, God, bless me in a big time way, right? God, bless me big time. I don't just want a blessed life, God. I want a life that is exceedingly abundantly blessed, right? <laughs> I want the life of Jesus where he gives life and he gives it more abundantly, right? I want life that is pressed down, shaken together and running over and poured into my lap. I want the big time blessed life, God, right? I just don't want a little of my pain washed away. I want all of it washed away. I don't want to cause pain to others anymore, God. I want to be a blessing to others. Bless me, bless me. Give me a big time blessing. And... um. You know, sometimes we are so timid, we just ask for small things, right? Why? Because we know how undeserving we are, right? We know how unworthy we are. We know we don't deserve the big blessing of God. Well, when you understand who Jesus is, I tell you what, you don't deserve Jesus. And Romans uh, 8 says that if God gave us Jesus, how will he not also along with him freely give us all things? When we understand the goodness of God, the grace of God, who God is as our Father, we can come to Him and not so timid and just say, you know, can you just fix me a little bit? No, we can say, God, bless me big time. 
I want the fullness of the life of Christ, the fullness of the life of the Spirit, all that you desire for me. I want your perfect will accomplished in my life. Lord, I want to be a big-time blessing. I want to know who I am as your son. I want to know who I am as a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want the big-time blessing of God. You know, here's the thing. The next point I'll make is this. We should desire a blessed life. We should desire a blessed life. You know, it is right and healthy for the Christian to want to experience the full blessing of God. You know, there's certain uh, camps within Christianity who, who almost, you know, like I said, it's, it's almost like um, if I'm blessed, I'm doing something wrong, right? My life should just be full of turmoil all the time if I'm doing something right. Well, we're going to face storms and challenges in life, of course, but I tell you what, it's okay to be blessed. In fact, God desires for us to be blessed. What did God command that the, the high priest speak over Israel? A big-time blessing, right? This is what it says in Numbers 6, 24. The high priest would come out and over the entire congregation of Israel, he would command this blessing on them. He would say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That word peace there is, is probably not the best translation. Give you wholeness. Give you shalom. Give you, some, give you a type of life where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. May the Lord give you a big time blessed life. That's what the high priest was saying. You know, another translation of that verse that really expands on those Hebrew words there. I want to read it to you. The translation says this. yod heh vav or Yahweh, will kneel before you presenting gifts and will guard you with a hedge of protection. Yahweh will illuminate the wholeness of his being towards you with love, sustenance, and friendship. Yahweh will lift up his wholeness of being and look upon you, and he will set in place all you need to be. This is a big blessing, right? That's the kind of life God desires for us. It's the blessing he commanded over his people. We should want wholeness for our families, wholeness for our relationships. That is a godly desire. We should want a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose. That is a godly desire. We should want to prosper in what we are called to do, in our gifts, in our talents, in our businesses. We should want joy in all of its fullness. We should want peace that surpasses all our, our understanding. We would, should want to have all our needs met and beyond so that we can be able to be a blessing to others, right? You know, that's what it means to be prosperous. It means to have your needs met by God and then have more so we can help others. We should desire to have a big-time blessed life, to enjoy the land that flows with milk and honey, to enjoy life and life more abundant, to understand that we have the first fruits of the life to come by having the Spirit of God residing inside of us. So we pray for a blessing like Jabez, but God commands that blessing over us. In Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 uh, through 14, it talks about all the blessing that God will give His people. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you, and in your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. <laughs> you know, basically, he, he talks about in that chapter how, you know, they're going to have 
uh, vineyards they didn't plant and houses they didn't build. And they're going to be blessed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet if they followed the ways of the Lord. Well, and then it goes on in the rest of the chapter, talks about the curses that would come upon them. Well, here's the good news. It is through the obedience of one man that we're made righteous. Jesus Christ, that's what Romans 5 says. And so all the blessings we obtain only one way, through the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 5.17 says uh, that through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So what do we do? We understand that any blessing we're going to have, it's not obtained through our own merit, through our own goodness. No, rather it's obtained through the merit and the goodness and the grace that it's been poured out in Jesus Christ. And we come to him and we say, I find my life in Christ. I find my life in the spirit of God. And I'm going to live out all of the blessings that he's given me. For every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given unto me, has been granted unto me. I'm going to live the big time blessed life, right? Ephesians 1.3, Paul is writing to Christians. He says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have already been blessed. Yet too often, you and I, we view ourselves from a worldly point of view, from a fleshly perspective. We think of ourselves according to the flesh. We think of ourselves according to our old identities. We think that we are still Jabez, that we are pain, that we bring pain. But we need to renew our mind. We need to say, no, I am not the old man anymore. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus, and the blessings have already been poured out into my life. So I'm going to be someone who receives the abundance of grace, who receives the gift of righteousness, and I'm going to be able to reign in that new creation life. I'm going to walk in his favor. I'm going to walk in his blessing, and I'm going to be a blessing to other people, right? It's like Abraham. What did Abraham say? Or what did God tell Abraham? He said, through you, all the nations will be blessed. Why did God bless Abraham? He blessed Abraham so he could be a blessing. Why did God choose Abraham? Because he ultimately chose the whole world through Abraham. You know, we are blessed not just for ourselves. Yes, thank God that the blessing comes to us through Jesus. But ultimately, we're blessed. We're loved by God so we can bless and love others. Amen? What does Jabed pray next? Um, You know, here's the thing. The problem is not that God hasn't given us blessing. The problem is is that we have not been in a place to receive what he's already given us. So what does Jabed pray next? He says this. He says, and enlarge my territory. And enlarge my territory. So he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Other translations say, extend my border. I think what he's saying is, God of Israel, prepare me for this big time blessing. He's saying, do the work necessary in my life so that when you pour out your blessing, I'll be capable of receiving it. You know, sometimes God doesn't give us things because we're not ready for them yet. And he needs to prepare us for it first, right? He needs to enlarge our territory, enlarge our borders. He needs to make us capable receivers. 
you know, Moses thought he was going to bring deliverance to the people at the age of 40, so he goes out and, and he kills the Egyptian. But guess what? God said, not yet. i got to prepare you as a shepherd, so go out and shepherd for 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> right? So sometimes when we say enlarge my territory, God is going to do a work in us where we're going to be able to step into the assignments he has for us in the future. But first, he needs to enlarge our territory so we can receive the big-time blessing, right? Um, this is the next point I want to make is this, is prepare me to experience and maintain your blessing. That's what I believe Jabez is essentially saying. Prepare me to experience and maintain your blessing. He's basically praying, thy will be done in my life so I'm conformed to your character, so I can rightly receive your blessing, and I can pass that blessing on to others. I need to be prepared with the wisdom, the character, the resources needed. Extend my borders. May there be more room for you and subsequently your blessing in my life. Open doors for me, Father. May I be prepared to receive the abundance of your grace. You know, enlarge my territory or extend my borders uh, would have uh, Jabez thinking, um, you know, um, about the inheritance that God had given to him. You know, each of the Israelites had an inheritance in the promised land given to them by God. God had already given the people of Judah a vast territory and land. But you know what happens when you read the book of Joshua and read the book of Judges? In fact, the first two books of Judges are about the 12 tribes going in, or the 11 tribes, 12 tribes plus Levi, going in and inheriting the territories God had given them. And you know how many of the, the tribes inherited all the territory that God wanted for them? Zero. Zero, a big donut. None of them experienced all of the territory, all of the blessing that God wanted for them, but they in some way fell short. They said, the enemy is too strong here. We're just going to let him have that territory. We're going to let the Jebusites just settle over Jerusalem. We're just going to let the Hivites live there and, and, and you know, the Perizzites and the, the Hivites and all the otherites, right? We're just going to let them be where they're going to be. We're not going to deal with them. We're going to be content with the spaces that were easy. To, to master, but we're just going to let the enemy sort of hover over that other territory, and those strongholds are just going to be there. You know what that did? That caused pain for them later in life, and that God had to bring up a deliverer. He had to raise up judges to ultimately get rid of some of those enemies, and ultimately, he didn't get rid of all the enemies, really, until he raised up a king, David, who was a picture of Jesus Christ, right, who had to fully rid the enemy out of the land. Well, you know, that's why you know, when we, we pray, extend my borders, you know, we got to say, you know, I don't want to tolerate living less than what you have desired for me. I, I want to experience all of the exceedingly great and precious promises that you have granted to me. I don't want to tolerate strongholds in my life. I don't want to tolerate these sin patterns in my life. I don't, I don't want to uh, tolerate, you know, the, this mentality I have, this, this bad mouth I have in speaking to others. I don't want to uh, tolerate these, these fleshly, you know, patterns in life anymore. No, I want to walk by the Spirit of God, and I don't want to bring pain to others. I want to bring blessing to others. In those strongholds, I'm going to shout them down one by one. They're going to tumble like Jericho, right? I'm going to say, no, that's not part of my life. That's part of my own identity. I'm no longer pain. I'm no longer Jabez. No, rather, I'm someone who brings a blessing. I'm a child of God, right? I'm a son of the Father. I might not have a, a, the name of a father here, but I'm, I'm the son of the God Most High. I'm going to take possessions of the promises. What does he go on to pray next? He says that your hand would be with me. He's essentially saying, Lord, I don't want any blessing that does not come from your hand. The blessing I want is the blessing that you desire for me. 
I don't want what the world considers to be a blessing. I want what you consider to be a blessing, right? You know, uh, Psalm 37 says uh, uh, that as we delight in God, He gives us the desires of our heart. And that's because when we delight in God, our desires begin to align with God's desires. Our greatest desire should be for the desires of our heart to be in line with God's heart. So that's why we should regularly pray, as Jesus said, Thy will be done. Unless God's hand is with us, we will not be successful. What is God's hand? It's a depiction of His power. It's a depiction of His presence. For Jesus to sit at the right hand of God means He sits at the position of greatest power and authority in the entire universe. For God's hand to be upon us means that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It means that God is our shepherd, that His rod and His staff are directing us, that He is with us in the valley, in the storm, in the fire, wherever we go. God is with us. His hand is upon us, right? And that means we can be a blessing in every situation in life, in every challenge we face. We can keep our eyes above the waves, amen? We don't need to cause pain. We can be the cause of blessing. He says then, and that you would keep me from evil. You know, notice he doesn't say that you would keep evil from me, but that you would keep me from evil. Jabez knew he would face bouts with the enemy. We all do. He knew the greatest enemy, in fact, he would face would be himself. That he could become ungrateful, unthankful, that he could become bitter, that he could become selfish, that he could take the blessings and run. But Jacob knew, uh, Jabez knew all of that was evil, so he says, God, keep me from evil. May your hand continually rest upon me so that I don't turn to the left or to the right, so that I walk according to the Spirit, so I am constantly aware of Christ in me. And when I face evil around me, I face it in the power of the Lord, clothed in the armor of God, so that evil can influence me, right? He was praying the prayer Jesus taught, Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Keep me from evil. Up until this point, Jabez's prayer really sounded something like that. He was saying, God of Israel, the God who changed Jacob, the supplanter's name, to Prince of God, the true and living God. Even though I don't have a father on earth, I know you are my father in heaven, and so I come boldly to you. I ask that you would greatly bless me, that I want the exceedingly, abundantly above blessed life. I ask that you would bless me big time, God. And I know that if you are to command such a great blessing, I know that if the windows of heaven are open, I must be in a place where I can receive and contain that blessing. So I ask that you would enlarge my territory. I ask that you would get me to a place where I would be able to receive your blessing. Help me to root out all the Canaanites through your power that I've allowed to live in my territory. Help me renew my mind so that I might rightly understand and receive your blessing when you give it. And I ask that your hand would be with me in the process. I want to desire what you desire, God. I know your hand and your grace is sufficient for me. I also ask that you would keep me from evil, that I would not take your blessing and run, that I would not become unthankful, selfish, or bitter, but that I would be big-time blessed so I can be a big-time blessing to others. I want to be like Abraham, God. I want to be blessed to be a blessing. I want to be one who spreads blessing instead of spreading pain. So that's how he ends his prayer that I might not cause pain, right? He's saying, the reason I want to be big time blessed, bless, bless God, is so that I no longer am the type of person that people have called me all my life. 
that I would break that curse that my mother spoke over me, that I, I would be free from the projection of others, that I would no longer, you know, he, he no longer wants to live in pain and cause pain for others, but he wanted to live in the blessing and be a blessing to others. You know, we have two choices as we walk through life. We're either a burden or a blessing, right? We either cause pain or we cause praise. Here's the thing. Jabez's name meant pain. But where was his true identity rooted? It was rooted in the tribe of Judah. What does Judah mean? It means praise. Who is Judah? Well, Judah is the one who would ultimately give birth to Christ. Our deeper identity is not who we are in the old man. Our deeper identity is who we are in Christ. We are in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus is in us. So here's the thing. Your old man might try to talk to you say, No, my old man is crucified. I put off the old man. I buried it in the grave. I'm walking in newness of life. Old man, you shut up. I have found myself in Jesus Christ. I know who I am in Christ. I know who the Spirit of God who lives in me. So I'm going to walk the big time blessed life. I'm not going to walk that old Josh life. I'm going to walk the new Josh life, right? Amen. I'm going to live the big time blessing. You know, what did God do? Did he say, sorry, Jabez, that big time blessing, not for you. I don't want you to live the blessed life. I want you to live the pain-filled life, Jabez. No, that's not what God said. First. Chronicles 4.10 says this, So God granted him what he requested. Jabez said, bless me, bless me. God said, yes, I will bless you, bless you. He expanded his territory. He put his hand upon him. He kept him from evil. God answered his prayer. Um... So no wonder God says that out of everything that is happening in this long genealogy of Judah, I want to tell you a quick story about my son, Jabez. The guy in the genealogy without a father yet, I want to talk about him. Because I want people to know that regardless of what their earthly lineage and past looks like, when they turn to me as their father, their lives can be a big-time blessed life. Amen? <laughs> That's true of each and every one of us. So I tell you what, you might have experienced some pain. Maybe you came in here with some pain this morning. Maybe you, you accumulated pain throughout 2023. Well, I'll tell you what, you know you enter into 2024? You say, you know what, I'm going to remind myself about who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm going to remind myself that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to remind myself that I don't have to live disappointed and continue to disappoint others to continue to bring pain in others. No, I am blessed, and I choose today that I, through the power of Jesus Christ, am going to be a blessing to others in 2024. You know, one thing I mentioned we're going to be doing on Wednesdays is we're going to be reading through the book of Proverbs. You know what? If you, if you study the book of Proverbs, you know what your life will be? It will be blessed. Let me just read to you Proverbs 3, verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gets understanding. 
For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold fast are called blessed. Amen. Who wanted to be called blessed? <laughs> Let's get in the book of Proverbs. This 2024. You know, another thing we're going to be doing, I talked about this in the next couple of Sundays, we're going to be spending some time in the book of Revelation in the new year. And you know, the book of Revelation is the only book that at the beginning and the end, it says that the one who reads that book is blessed. Look what it says in Revelation 1 verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. And then at the end, in the last chapter of Revelation, Jesus says this in Revelation 22, 7. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word, the words of the prophecy of this book. You know, when we go through Proverbs, when we go through Revelation this year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be people who are blessed. Not just blessed, we're going to be blessed, blessed. We're going to be a big time blessing, right? And as we understand who God is, who Christ is, my goodness, we can't help but also be a blessing to those around us. So, Father, we just thank you for, we thank you for who you are inside of us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, that we can be people like Jabez, that we can cry out to you. Lord, that you are not the God of Jacob, you are the God of Israel, you are the God of uh, 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 of those, um, Lord, who come to you in faith, Lord. You're the God of, of all mankind, Lord. And, and Lord, I just ask over Mission City Church as we enter this new year, I pray, Lord, uh, with, with Jabez, I pray that you would bless us, bless us. I pray that you would bless us indeed, that you would bless us big time, Lord, that, you, that, that um, you know, we would just have an understanding, a capacity to know what your blessing is, to receive your blessing, that you would expand our territory, Lord, that you would keep us from evil, Lord, that you would just pour out your blessing into us, Lord. We, and I just thank you that as you do that throughout this new year, Lord, that we would just be conduits of that blessing, of that river of life to others wherever we go. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, before we take um, communion...